Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Well, good morning. We continue this series, adding it all up. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter says, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And two weeks ago, we talked about that goodness, that virtue, that moral excellence, those things like honesty, compassion, fairness, faithfulness. And how when we see opportunities to show the compassion of God, we act on it. Because faith without deeds is dead. Let me share with you a recommendation from Dean Heckman Jr. You have to go to YouTube. And you have to look up the song Screen Door by Rich Mullins with lyrics. Because you want to be able to read the lyrics. The lyrics to that song says, Faith without works is like a submarine with a screen door. (laughs) What's the point? (laughs) And it'll sink you. We talked about the Dead Sea, how when there's all this inflow, 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 but no outflow of service, all just sits in there and we die. There's got to be an outlet. So, two weeks ago we talked about the outflow. This week we talk about, very good, the inflow. See why I love having kids in the service? So 2 Peter chapter 1. And if you're able, would you stand as we read God's word together? Now I know what I read and what comes on the screen doesn't match. It's close. But what we found online is the newest, the 2011 version of the New International Version of the Bible. I grew up and I'm used to reading the 1984 NIV. That's why they don't always line up. But just hang in there. Go with it. And if you want to use King James or New King James, go for it. If you want to use the Greek, you can preach next week. (laughs) Second Peter. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, 
to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of our God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. The word he uses there is a bigger word for knowledge. And I can't remember it in the Greek, but I'll tell you, it means true knowledge. We'll get to why that's important at the beginning of the message. Verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through all our knowledge. There it is again. True, it's true knowledge. Same word. Our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have these, they are nearsighted and blind and have forgotten that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Thank you for your, your word, Lord. Thank you for how when we open your word, when we read your word, when we dwell in your word, you speak. You show us, you show us who you are and reveal to us who you've called us to be. And it helps us as we grow and mature in you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that we have you too to guide us as we read your word and as we live this life. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to speak to us, open our hearts, our ears, and may be clear to how you want to work your word in our hearts and our lives. Jesus, I pray these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Peter, and not just Peter, but the early church at the time Peter wrote his letter, they had a problem. They had some heretical teaching, some false teachers out there. There is a name for it, Gnosticism. 
That name comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. The problem with that teaching was that it taught that their world was created and ruled by a lesser divinity. Oh, and Jesus, he was, he was good. He was human, a human that attained enlightenment through gnosis or gnosis. Knowing. Do you see the problem with all that? Let me tell you the truth. Jesus is the Son of God. He's fully God and He's fully man. The God-man. Now those Gnostics, they were teaching people that there is a knowing that could only be known by a certain amount of people. Just a small number of people. Whoever it was revealed to. It's not the same. But the only thing that I could compare it to nowadays is wokeness. Nowadays, people say they're woke. They're enlightened to what true racism and social injustice is. The only truth there really is, is in God's word. And he reveals to us what it means to love others as he loved us. And that's how we combat racism. And the only kind of justice should be God's justice. Because God's justice, God's justice, is fair and impartial. The world's justice is not. Anything apart from God's justice is normally unfair and partial. They pick favorites. So I want you to be aware of the false teaching that's out there. You're with me so far. Excellent. Let's talk about true knowledge. You know... You really can't know something until you experience it. So we can't know the true knowledge of God as human beings until we know God. His love. His salvation. His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. How can we talk about that or share that until we know it? To know what it means to be redeemed. To know what it means to have eternal life. And you know eternal life starts now. Anybody here alive? All right. It's not something to look forward to. We look forward to eternity with Him. But if we believe in Jesus, we're living now. and We're living the full life as long as we live in Him. really can't know something until you experience it. And I like how in his wisdom, Solomon puts it. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, Solomon says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
That's not a scared kind of fear. It's a reverence, a respect, a recognition of who's really in charge. He says, the fear of the Lord, and you guessed it, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, of course, it starts with God and knowing Him. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15, Solomon tells us this, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. But for the ears of the wise, they seek it out. So we want to be the people who are wise and seek knowledge. Seek to know Him and know Him more. That's what Peter's talking about. Make every effort to add to your faith. And remember, two weeks ago we learned that Greek word, add, means super add. Super add your faith, goodness, and knowledge. We talked a little bit about Solomon. You know, he was very wise. The wisest man who ever lived. He wrote a lot of what's in the Old Testament. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Very wise. The God gave him, our God gave him wisdom. But you know what else he asked for? You know what else he received from God? You guessed it. Knowledge. Let me read to you. And this won't be on the screen. I just want you to hear it. Second Chronicles chapter 1. I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 11. Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom. For the Lord, his God, was with him and made him exceedingly great. That greatness didn't come on his own, did it? The Lord was with him, made him exceedingly great. Then Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds, to the judges and to all the leaders in Israel, the heads of families. Sounds like he's talking to gangsters. Verse 3. And Solomon and the whole assembly went to the high places at Gibeon, for God's tent of meeting was there which Moses, the Lord's servant, had made in the desert. Now David had brought up the ark, the ark of God, from Kirith-Jerim to to the place where he prepared for it, because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. Verse 5. But the bronze altar that Bezalel, You ever heard of Bezalel? Well, let me tell you about Bezalel. 
We read about him in Exodus chapter 31 and Exodus chapter 35. God said, we got to have a tent, a place of meeting, a place where I can dwell. And if you're making something for God, you want things to be nice, right? Well, don't you know, God does things like God does. And he wanted Belazel, who had the knowledge of craftsmanship, to build the bronze altar. I don't know about you, but when I was in shop class, it was not pretty. Mr. Six, he had a a little quote, a bumper sticker on his office door. It said, expect the unexpected. I think he put that there for me because I expected my thing to look beautiful when I made it out of wood and all the saws and it was awful. It was bad. Anyway, expect the unexpected. Some people just have that knowledge, that gift, don't they? And it's clear in Exodus that that knowledge came from who? The Lord. That's where Belezel got it. Bet you can't guess where we get our knowledge. And wait wait till you hear about the knowledge we have access to. Don't want to get too distracted. I just found it fascinating in the study that there's... Belezel's knowledge and ours. And if Dave Hardy's listening right now, he's laughing about how many times this West Virginian mispronounced that guy's name. <laughs> Verse 5. But the bronze altar that Bezalel, said it different than before, son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made was in Gibeon in the front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon, the assembly, inquired of the Lord there. Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this people of yours? God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, and honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, over whom I've made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. We often think of Solomon as being wise. 
But what else did he desire? Knowledge from the Lord. And you know what? Let me finish reading that verse. Verse 12. God says, And I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor, such as no king who is before you has ever known, and none after you will ever have. Now, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel, that we ask God for knowledge so that we can get the bling bling. That's besides the point. But I want you to know that God came through on his promise to Solomon. $2.2 trillion. That's not the national deficit. I think it might be more than that. But that was Solomon's net worth in today's money. Whoa. That is more than Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Warren Buffett. I didn't do the math. It may be more than any of them combined. I don't know. The Lord God is good. And when we seek Him, and we seek His knowledge, He gives us knowledge. He gives us such treasure that's so much more than 2.2 trillion. Because we don't make for ourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust can destroy or thieves can break in and steal. They're cyber thieves nowadays. The treasure we have, Paul mentions... In Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. And I'm going to read verses 2 and 3. Paul's been telling the church in Colossus how much he's prayed for them and labored over them. And then he says why he's done it. He says, my purpose is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches, not just a quarter, not just a half, not just three quarters, the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you see what we have in Christ? In Him alone. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything we need for this life. So what? You have permission to ask that every Sunday. Said a lot of nice things up there. So what? 
What does it mean to me in my walk with the Lord? So what? So what? What do we do with all of this knowledge? Let me tell you what we do. We be a bunch of know-nothings. That's what we're going to do. Know-nothings. K-N-O-W. And you can say it in West Virginian. Nothing. Just take the G right off. Be a know-nothing. I'm not telling you to be lazy in your faith. Quite the opposite, actually. You ever been around a know-it-all? They're hard to be around, aren't they? All those people who know it all, and they're always right. Don't be a know-it-all. The world has enough know-it-alls. We need to be know-nothings. What's a know-nothing? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. This is Paul again, someone who we should imitate. The Apostle Paul says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what it means to be a know nothing. Know nothing except Jesus and Him crucified. That's the main thing. That's who we live for. That's what we live for. That's all the treasures we need. So add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. Know nothing but Him. And Him crucified. That's not lazy in our faith. That's focused in our faith. Focused on His teaching. That's where a lot of Christians get messed up. I went off on Wednesday night on YouTube. No, it's not because I edited it. (laughs) But I'll tell you now, if you weren't here Wednesday night, there is a false teaching and someone's wisdom they put on Facebook. I bet Christians would probably just pray for Goliath now rather than fight him. That sounds wise because yes, David was God's chosen man to fight the enemy. But Jesus came after David. And in the Sermon on the Mount, what did Jesus teach us? To pray for our enemies. And to bless those who persecute us. There's a lack of knowledge of his teaching. 
And when people spout out other crap, pardon that, but it's true. It takes people away from who Jesus really is. What did Jesus do when his enemies came for for him? Father, forgive them. Because they know not what they do. I might be unfriended now. That's okay. Because there's a true knowledge that needs preached. Know nothing but Him. His life, His teaching. Let Him live and shine through you as you reflect Him in your life. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And let me leave you with this so you have something to look forward to to next week. It's the fifth Sunday of the month. We like to tie in a hymn with the message. And next week we'll be talking about, it's a two for one deal. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, I better make sure I get it right in order. Self-control and a self-control perseverance. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.